This is exclusive coverage of CPAC for Central Virginia. Brought to you by the Virginia Institute for Public Policy and our Virginia Education Opportunity Alliance Coalition. Find out more at VEOA.org. It's Joe Thomas in the morning on CVIL 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Uh, here we are at the Conservative Political Action Conference, Washington, D.C. Again, thanks to our friends at the Virginia Institute for Public Policy. But why would we hire Hollywood big voice and the big music intro if I was just going to say the same thing anyway? It's the Department of Redundancy Department uh, here on Joe Thomas in the Morning. Joining us uh, from the roads of the Commonwealth, uh, he is uh, representing us in Virginia's 5th District. And, re- and I feel bad. Uh, because I was standing right next to Byron Donalds yesterday playing fanboy. Uh, I was trying to get an interview, and then he, he needed to leave, so I gave up on it. Not 20 minutes later do I get an email saying that he had endorsed Congressman Bob Good for re-election. And I'm like, oh, I should have worked harder to get get the interview with him. But we have the next best thing. We actually have Bob Good on the phone with us uh, as we chat every week about the 5th District. How are you doing this morning, Bob? Doing great, Joe. Thanks. Well, also. Uh, it's just very busy here uh, in uh, uh, the National Harbor at the uh, at CPAC, and uh, w- talk talk about your work because you know the, uh, we remember the whole vacate the chair moment, uh, and then all of a sudden people started voting for Byron Donalds for uh, speaker, uh, and his name hadn't even come up at all. And he really knocked it out of the park yesterday with his opening speech here. What is it about Byron Donalds that uh, you know makes him an up and comer uh, in Congress uh, as well, even being discussed in these leadership roles? In your view. Byron and I came together as freshmen in 2020. We were elected together in 2020, started to serve together in 21. Uh, both of us joined the Freedom Caucus immediately upon coming into Congress. Obviously, Byron has stood out as one of our most uh, effective voices. He's uh, one of our smartest members of Congress, one of our most competent members. He's got a great financial background. He served in the state legislature. Uh, and he is somebody that many of us have just identified as a great candidate for a leadership role in the House. And matter of fact, going back to January, uh, even before the, the motion of the case to remove the previous speaker, back in January when we were battling uh, the uh, ascension of the former speaker, uh, Byron was one of those who was nominated and received some votes as we were working through those 15 rounds to elect a speaker. And Byron uh, was one of the 20 who were part of our efforts mm-hmm. to do that. So he's shown great courage. Uh, he's well-respected across the conference. It's also interesting, Joe, he's been mentioned as a vice presidential candidate. Yep. Uh, he, along with Governor DeSantis, because they're both uh, Floridians, obviously, as is President Trump, uh, for any of those two, uh, Governor DeSantis has been mentioned, uh, Congressman Donalds has been mentioned, uh, I guess there'd have to be something worked out. Byron Donalds is from New York. President Trump is obviously from New York. I don't know how they'd work that out if if, if, if Byron was to be the, the choice. I think he'd be an outstanding choice. I think most of us recognize he's an up-and-coming rising star in the conference. So, yes, he's greatly respected. Uh, while he's on the conservative side as a member of the Freedom Caucus, he has great relationships across the conference. He's worked hard to build those relationships, and he helps facilitate dialogue, conversations, negotiations, if you will, to try to get us to a path forward when there's disparate uh, views in the conference on policy or strategy. 
And that's something that, you know, the press, when they cover the activities of Congress, they, they make it sound like that never happens, Bob. But you're saying that, you know, Byron Donalds is one of those folks that's, that's making that happen. That's, that's, that's different than what we hear out of Washington, D.C. via the mainstream media. Yes, and even folks, uh, I'll say like myself, but Jim Roy and Matt Gates, while we are, and, and Byron's part of this too, while we are on the conservative anchors of the conference, uh, mm-hmm. we believe the tip of the spear in tra- times of taking on the fights and fighting for us, again, to hold to our principles, we're also, there is a pragmatic component to that, that you have to fight the battle you're in, not the battle that you wish you were in. Sometimes you have to recalibrate, and we're trying to do that now in the Freedom Caucus to try to find alternatives that can get us to 218 votes that are not doing an omnibus with Chuck Schumer uh, in the yeah. Senate uh, and trying to find, you know, to lead to influence Speaker Johnson. As a matter of fact, Byron Donalds was with me in Florida earlier this week at the Republican Leadership Conference. Uh, I'm invited to go there as the leader of the House Freedom Caucus, and then Byron is my sort of proxy there. Uh, and, you know, you get a designated proxy that can join us, a representative mm-hmm. we're not able to attend something. And so Byron, uh, just a couple hours away down there in Florida, was with me uh, just a couple of days ago as we were working within the, re- the larger Republican leadership group, uh, again, to find a path forward for reforming FISA, for supporting our ally Israel, for even modest cuts to spending, and for that matter, fighting for policy changes that reflect the majority that is the Republican House as it trusts to us by the American people. Well, we're going to visit in a little while, uh, I think Saturday morning, with Chad Wolf, former DHS uh, secretary. We're going to talk about FISA. Right. But, you know, but uh, watched uh, this week when the, you talk about the FISA bills. You told us last Friday uh, that there was a re- uh, one that reformed and increased the amount of warrant that you know, needed to be applied for so that surveillance can happen. Uh, but uh, the, the coverage I saw said that the, the speaker took those down and, and we're just going to get a blanket reauthorization of what's already there? Well, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's uh, emblematic of the failures of the speaker from a leadership standpoint and a strong decisiveness standpoint where he is not, so far, choosing sides and leading, uh, but he's sort of trying to straddle and referee and navigate instead and Part of my message to him publicly and privately is lead, choose a side, uh, set the vision. And so this FISA battle for reforms is uh, an illustration of that. Uh, What he has done so far is to punt and say, okay, let's back up and let's negotiate more between the sides, between the two factions of the conference. And it really comes down to two things, very simply, or two, two disparate views, I should say. And it's bipartisan, by the way, uh, where some, particularly led by the Intelligence Committee and Chairman Mike Turner, want to just extend VISA without Mm -hmm. reforms, protecting our constitutional freedoms and liberties and rights, as particularly in the Fourth Amendment, uh, not to be spied on without a probable cause justifying a warrant. Uh, And some uh, want to end that practice. So it's really those who want to defend liberty and those who want to expand the spine capacity on, on Americans. And that's the Intelligence Committee versus Judiciary Committee, and, the, and not just the conservatives, but actually uh, Democrats who also don't want to be spied on upon their government and are fearful of 
the deep oh, state and the powers of uh, the intelligence committee to abuse our rights as Americans. Even Democrats, many support that. Uh, but the intelligence committee led by Chairman Mike Turner, who should be removed, uh, killed the bill or told the speaker they were going to kill the bill and the rules vote if he allowed us to have amendments that protect Americans' constitutional rights. Amazing. So not only do they not want the rights protected, they don't want to be on record voting against the rights being yeah, protected. And that's what we're supposedly sending you guys to Washington for, is so that you can vote, you know, in our representation there, uh, Congressman Good. That's I know what that. I thought. <laughs> well, and and thank you for continuing to do that. What about in this? The, there's been press stories, and believe me, I take everything with at least a handful of salt these days, uh, saying that there's uh, grumblings and that there may be another. I want an. I want my MTV moment. That is, as in motion to vacate. Um, is is that is that happening, or is that just the press? You know, hearing that there's frustration in the Freedom Caucus and that uh, and they, they they want more drama. You know, I think that's mostly a creation of some of the press, particularly the Washington press, that just loves and thrives on controversy and you know, division and those sorts of things and likes to try to foment that. But they ask me about it all the time in D.C. And I often say to them, you're the only person, people that I hear talking about this. Uh, we are trying to trying to help the speaker succeed because the country needs him to succeed, uh, and we're trying to find the best path forward that we can get to 218 votes to win for the American people. What we are, those who I represent, are absolutely against is surrender uh, to the failures of the past or surrender to the Senate Democrats or to keep in place the policy and spending levels that are destroying the country. That is not an option to us. Now, that said, you know, we're not having discussions about removing the speaker or challenging the speaker. We're having discussions about influencing the speaker, pressuring the speaker, persuading the speaker, and the entire Republican House to do what we believe is right and what the American people elected us to do. And so, you know, even a year ago, we weren't cavalier or flippant or reckless, if you will, with going around threatening such things, and certainly not today. I'm glad that we do have a speaker who's an honest broker, I believe, who is a conservative at heart, who wants to do the right thing, who hasn't aspired all of his life to be speaker and will do anything to, to remain speaker. He, you know, he wasn't doing anything he could to become speaker. So we're at a better starting point, a better foundation, uh, but we need him to lead. Uh, we need him not to be motive, uh, or to succumb to fear, whether it's from the deep state intelligence committee who's saying, hey, if you're... If you take away our spying capacities and our surveillance on U.S. citizens without a warrant, then there'll be a 9-11 atrocities taking place immediately all over the country. We don't surrender our liberties in the name of safety. Uh, last one for you, Congressman Good, and I appreciate this, uh, but you know, I couldn't I couldn't wrap this up without addressing uh, what I'm referring to as the Farmville fracas. Um, <laughs> they, but you know, Senator, yeah. Senator, we invited, and, and hopefully, maybe tomorrow, uh, we'll be able to talk to State Senator uh, McGuire about it. But in his email connections with me, he said he had no idea it was going on um, after he sent me the link to the video of what happened. Uh, um, there, uh, talk. Uh, I got the email that said, "Come on down to this event at the Trump store." Uh, what what went wrong there? What? How did this all come astray? Where all of a sudden, uh, you know, the press is all saying that uh, Bob Good was kicked out of a Trump store. 
Well, sadly, uh, Senator McGuire is consistent about one thing. He repeatedly lies and deceives, and he's doing that with his explanation to you. What happened was I received a text, I guess, as a Republican in the Republican database within the 5th District, inviting me to the 5th District Trump store grand opening mm-hmm. from 11 to 6. Uh, it said that uh, come by and have refreshments, support President Trump. Uh, you know, there will be a Trump rally. Get your Trump gear. Two miles from my house, mind you, in Farmville, and uh, from 11 to 6. And it said, it did say that from 12 to 1.30 for 90 minutes of the seven-hour event, quote, Senator McGuire will be stopping by to try to collect signatures. You can add your signature to his. So I'm not going to surrender a Trump event grand opening in the 5th District as it was built in my district uh, to my opponent and not be there. I'm going to be there as well. And so we sent out an invitation to folks in our database and said, um, come join us at this event. We, we said exactly the grand opening of the Trump 5th District store. Uh, I will be there from 11 to noon and 2 to 3, intentionally you know, offering to, or, or saying I was going to be there at the times when it didn't say he was going to be there, and, uh, and went to the event. And turns out, and this is why Mr. McGuire is deceiving you, it was a McGuire campaign event masquerading as a Trump event because he can't get folks to turn out and to see him. You'll notice he doesn't do events around the district because he can't draw a crowd. So what he does instead is he pretends to be hosting a Trump event. That was apparent as I walked into the store where he was, by the way, at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. uh, with the, the former chairman now of the uh, Appomattox Committee who greeted me at the door, uh, greeted as a nice term, but greeted me at the door and said, hey, you're not welcome here. Uh, you can't buy anything. You've got to leave. And I, and I showed her, I tried to show her the invitation I'd received that it was billed as a Trump store, grand opening, fifth district grand opening store. And then we just left and went outside. And because I had told folks I'd be there from 11 to noon and two to three, I just stayed out front and greeted folks as they came in. Uh, we had more folks come to see me and us than certainly were coming to see my opponent. Uh, but, uh, they, they were not allowing folks into the store if they suspected that they were supporting me. And so uh, it was really ended up being an unfortunate, ugly event that was that was construed intentionally by my opponent's campaign to deceive folks and try to trick them into thinking they're coming to support Trump, but he's really trying to get them to support him. So it was really unfortunate. Joe Thomas in the morning at CPAC with, and, and division is what we see right here in Washington. There's an Adam Kinzinger event going on at, I, I think, a Red Roof Inn uh, in town that they're billing as the alternative to CPAC. Um, but this division is just going to be, I, I was trying to introduce my listeners to the two Democratic candidates vying for the nomination in the fifth, because I'm worried, I'm very worried, Bob, talk to this as we let you go, um, that, you know, if, if half of the Republicans in the fifth district don't want to vote for the other one because it's become contentious and fractious, um, that we might as well just call Tom Perriello and put him back in the fifth district representative seat or whoever, you know, these two folks actually seem more radical even than Tom Perriello. Well, let me, uh, I guess, uh, alleviate your concerns, Joe, we're not seeing that my opponent's getting traction across the district. You get some media coverage, certainly because of the folks who are supporting and funding his campaign, who have connections to people in, in, in the uh, in the media. Uh, but the folks in the fifth district uh, are upset that someone would run for a Senate seat, promising not to run for a congressional seat. Then, as soon as he's elected, before he's sworn in to lie, you know, to confirm the lie that he was telling during the 
during the Senate campaign. Uh, that's why he can't hold the bench. That's why folks won't turn out to see him. And so uh, we're not seeing evidence of getting traction. Uh, we trust the people in the 5th District, Republicans in the 5th District, to reject that. We're getting overwhelming support as we travel the district. Big turnout for our events which we, that we promote is from the Bob Good campaign. We don't pretend that they're, they're Trump events when they're for Bob Good events, but we've got you know, most of our supporters, of course, are very strong Trump supporters, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't think we'll have any issues in the general election after this primary is over. All right. Well, very good, Bob. I appreciate that. And I've said it uh, to Senator McGuire. But if, if there ever transpires a, a forum between the two of you, uh, I, I am offering the radio station and I've, I've offered uh, the McGuire campaign. I won't be involved because apparently I am a, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the campaign. I'm an apparatchik. So I'll, I'll get some to moderate it, but I'm offering the radio station to you guys as always um, because you've both been friends of the program, and uh, I, you know, I, I just want the, the the good voices for the fifth district as always. Uh, and thank you so much for your time as well, uh, and uh, we'll see you again very soon. All right, Joe. Thanks for having me. Take care. You think you don't trust the media? You should hear Joe Thomas's kids. You're mocking me, aren't you? But you'll listen, right? Mornings at 5 on Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV.